0: listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike podcast, aka Murph here and this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it with tales from all across the nation come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile Well this week, friend of Ragbri Dixon Novi from the Quad City Bicycle Club is on the show This club has been around since the 60s and their charter has been part of Ragbri for as long as the ride has existed. Dixon himself has biked a dozen ragbris and has been part of several overnight town committees who do all the planning and prepping for thousands of cyclists to camp. Dixon shares his take on what it's like to be part of the QCBC Club and Charter. Enjoy! All right, well, on the show this week we have Dixon Nofi. Hey, Dixon!
1: Hey, how you doing, Murph?
0: I'm good, I'm good. I, You know, I can't really say how many years I've known you. It's probably been... Less than 10 years, do you think? Maybe five or six years?
1: Yeah, I'd say six or seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, we met, um, we were part of the ragbri, the ragbri inspection crew, and we used to ride across Iowa in June in anticipation of the real ragbri in July. So that's, I, I'm pretty sure that's how we met. But then, of course, we've seen each other at all kinds of different events back when events could happen.
1: Yes, on the, on the pre-ride, yeah, that's when I first met you several years ago.
0: Yeah, and um, we should probably give a, a quick shout out to RAGBRI, um, because, you know, they are part of this podcast, of course. They're the reason for this podcast, but also registration has opened. So Dixon and I are recording this the beginning of December, and registration for 2021 has opened, and it's such a good feeling to know that, you know, we're we're putting hope out that we can go back to doing events in 2021.
1: Yeah, as long as everybody wears a mask, you know we can end this pandemic together. Yeah,
0: exactly. So if you uh, have not checked out Ragbri, it's a pretty simple website. It's just ragbri.com and that's R-A-G-B-R-A-I dot com. So, okay, enough about that. Let's talk about... The reason that I have you on the podcast, Dixon, is to talk about a bike club that you're a part of that's been around for a very, very, very long time. I don't know if it's been around since RAGPRI has been around, but that is what we're going to talk about today. So the name of this group is the Quad Cities Bicycle Club, which is also a charter service for RAGBRAI. And for those of you who don't know, the Quad Cities is a four-pack of cities that are on the Mississippi River. So it's between Iowa and Illinois, and there are four towns there, or four cities, and they make up the Quad Cities. So, Dixon, you must live somewhere near the Quad Cities.
1: Yes, I live in DeWitt, just north of the Quad Cities. Okay. The Quad Cities, Quad Cities consists of Bettendorf and Davenport, Iowa, Rock Island and Moline, Illinois.
0: Got it. And I I have been to all four of those communities. I don't know if I've been to DeWitt unless maybe it's been on a rag Ragbri in the past.
1: Yeah, I think we've been a pass through town before. Okay. Way back
0: when. Okay, well. Give us some history about the Quad City Bicycle Club.
1: Okay, hey, the, the bike club is 56 years old. Wow, it was founded in 19, 1964 by four gentlemen. Two of them were from uh, they were from Great Britain, a father and a son, and then they had a friend from Belgium that that had moved here as well, and they got with a local man, Fred Blessing of Davenport. And they're the ones that formed the Quad City Bicycle Club.
0: Really? So three of the four were not even like local to the Quad Cities area?
1: Correct. They, they you know, they come from areas of the of the country that had, you know, bike clubs and yeah. they've seen the opportunity here and started up for us.
0: Wow. So does this club well obviously you were not or maybe you were part of it when it first first started, but is it like the same sort of club that it was back then?
1: Uh, no, the uh, original mission statement was um, it was uh, they wanted to start a bicycle club for members so they could start tourism, racing, and social riding, and okay. get an, or, organized rides. And then over the years, we've kind of expanded it to include uh, mountain bike, adventure riding, uh, bike Packing and then Fat Tire would be her newest
0: one. Awesome, which is all stuff that are, it's very popular right now. So that's a, a smart move for that organization.
1: Oh, gravel riding. Don't let me forget gravel riding. That's, that's probably <laughs> their newest one. <laughs>
0: that's true, yeah. yeah. Fat biking and gravel riding. And I'm learning, you know, a lot of people might already know this, but it, of course you can take a fat bike out and ride on gravel or, you know, go on mountain bike trails, but... Uh, Specific bikes are designed for those types of terrain. So there are mountain bikes that are meant for mountain biking. There are gravel bikes meant for gravel riding. And they may look the same when you see them all stacked up next to each other, but they have very specific geometry for those terrains.
1: Correct. You, you sound like an expert. I know <laughs> you have a, each one of these bikes.
0: I do. I do oh. have one of each. I love them. I.
1: I ride my gravel bike um primarily most of the year, especially this time of the year. I've taken it across Iowa on the pre-ride before mm. uh just to do the gravel ride and then, you know, it's comfortable enough that it, you know ride the whole week with it.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I agree my gravel bike is definitely comfortable and um, I laugh because every time I switch bikes, that bike becomes my favorite. Like I you know, I ride it and I think, why haven't I been riding this all year round? It's just, I love it. Like, I just got my fat bike out and I've been riding it the last week and I'm doing the same thing. Like, oh my gosh, I love this bike. But then, you know, if I switch and then start, you know, grab my touring bike or grab a different bike, that will become my favorite too. So I'm glad that they, the bikes themselves don't have any like thoughts or emotions because I'm definitely messing with each of them.
1: I mean, you don't you don't need it to snow anytime soon, Murph. Right. I mean, you can ride that fat tire anytime you want. It you don't have to snow.
0: You are right. I am not ready for snow just yet. Yeah. Ah, uh, so back to Quad Cities Bicycle Club. You said it started back in the '60s, and how big is it now?
1: Uh, I think we have close to 800 members. Oh my gosh. Now. We've had, you know, up to, <clears throat> excuse me, 1,200 people in the past, 1,200 riders. Uh, a lot of people would join our club to jump in on Ragby, and then on Raw, the tour of the Mississippi River Valley. Uh, we get, we draw folks from Des Moines to Chicago for the Raw ride.
0: Wow! And I did, on a side note, see that TOMROV just announced that they are ready to make a commitment for 2021.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's we're, awesome. to go.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we should probably mention the charter. Um, I'm assuming that that started a few years after the club was born, but tell us a little bit more about the charter for RAGBRAI.
1: Well, and, uh, RAGBRAI started in 1973, and our beloved member, my hero, Carter LeBeau, was in on the planning of the very first ragbri mm-hmm. so he rode he rode across the state with the guys on the very first one so and then he had to you know he's the one that started the charter for Ragbri. so we've been doing it ever since ragbri was born in 1973
0: wow I'm gonna say there's probably not a lot of teams that can say that
1: no I, th- I believe we're the only ones the only charter service that'd been around since ragbry was uh, first, incepted.
0: Wow, that's that's pretty cool.
1: And then Carter, um, you know, he started Silver Rides. You know, after Ragbrai, he started these weekend, week long tours and weekend tours uh, across. To, he would call them bear or college to college rides, and he's the one that started Raw, which is still the only one still running to this day that he started out with. And a lot of people remember Carter. Him and his wife Kay, they would be out there on Ragbri, and they would have the knee-highest socks, the soccer socks. Uh, they would have a blue on one leg and red on the other, and then they would they would ride every day. You'd see him out there, and Carter rode for the every day on Ragbri for the first forty years till, mm-hmm. he, till he couldn't ride anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for people who remember him, those socks are like trademarks now. I mean when you see yeah. somebody wearing a mismatched red and blue sock, you know that they're paying tribute to Carter.
1: Yeah, he he passed away in two thousand and thirteen right and Ragby honored him in two thousand and fourteen by selling what we call Carter socks. Mm. And then all our club members, we wear them on the last day of ragby every year ever since, just as a tribute.
0: That's awesome. So then uh, you mentioned, you know, the club is like 800 people strong. Uh, what about the charter? Like how many people can you accommodate?
1: We cap our week-long charter at 350 guests. Um, we always start and end here in the Quad Cities. So we draw we draw folks from all across the country and from Canada that, that ride with us. So I um, uh, think like 30-some percent is the only – from the Quad Cities is, is what makes up a charter, and then everybody else is from outside of the Quad Cities.
0: Hmm. And I, um, I've done – I think 20 some RAGBRAIs. And I've done it, you know, with a team. I've done it solo. I've done it with ragbry specifically. So I've done it a lot of different ways. But being responsible for 350 people is just mind blowing to me. Like that's, uh, quite an accomplishment because you've got to somehow find camping space big enough, you've got to find showers, you've got to find food source, you, you've got to either get your team close enough to, you know, wherever the big party is for Ragbri each night, or you have to create your own party. So I, I can't even imagine the amount of work that goes into that.
1: Well, the overnight towns, they're, they're well organized by, you know, RAGBRAI's Meeting with them, you know, on a you know biweekly schedule before right Bike comes up, so they're all organized, ready to go. You know, they tell us when we can go to the towns and pick out our campsite. Mm. Sometimes it's sometimes it's like, okay, you guys are going to stay here, and other times it's like, okay, you, you have your choice of this place with the trees, you know, this open flat field, or this you know field with the with a on the hillside. So, you know, it just depends on the town and the committees and the campground chairman, you know, how we how we get our sites, but they do all the hard work. They make it, you know, so easy on our organized charters mm-hmm. because we we're the easiest ones to get placed first. Mm-hmm. And then because, you know, we're not demanding, you know, we don't have, to have electricity. Um we have our own kibos. We have our own generators. Um, so, and, and that's the same with all the other charters too, organized charters. We're the easiest ones to place and get set. And then the pain in the neck ones come after us.
0: <laughs> Do you think they say that about you?
1: Probably. <laughs> Take we're hogging all the good spots. That's what they say about us.
0: <laughs> that's great. So that's one of the benefits of being in a charter is that somebody else is doing the legwork on finding where you're going to be staying and how you're going to stay clean and be able to go to sleep and eat and all that good stuff.
1: It's nice to, to work with the with the overnight towns and help them as we can, you know, um, tell them what to expect. You know, we tell them, you know, what our favorite foods are grab-and-go, you know, what the dollar amount should be. And and it's just it's just great helping them out because we know they're overwhelmed. You know, they're not used to this. We do it every year. Mm-hmm. So to help them, you know, very rarely we'll come across a repeat town. It's, a, it's just great to help out those folks.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you think about our executive director for RAGBRAI, Dieter Drake, he's got a pretty big responsibility of showing these small towns, like explaining to them what it means to have thousands and thousands of riders come in, plus their crew. Um, You know, when you've got a small town of maybe 5,000 people I'm sure that they just don't quite comprehend what it'll be like to have 20,000 people come in just for 24 hours.
1: Yeah, Dieter, Dieter, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, is going to do a fantastic job. He already has,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, he's already shown us.
0: All right. Well, when you look at the Quad City Bicycle Charter, can anybody be part of that?
1: Part of ours? Yes, anybody can, as long as they have a rag, right, official rag, right tag. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't take any bandits. We follow reg rules to the T. Uh, but as long as they have a rag bride tag or reply for one, they can join our charter.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, do you have a lot of people who have done it years and years and years, or do you sometimes have new people, or how does that work?
1: Okay, our tra- our charter members are like from last year, for instance, they are the last reg They came from thirty-two different states. Mm. Uh, we had ten folks, repeat customers from uh, Toronto, Ontario, and uh, and they brought two friends from Great Britain with them. Hmm. Um, so almost 60% of our charter guests are return guests.
0: Oh wow! Uh,
1: 35% of those are from the Quad Cities, and you know, 25% are women and 75% men. You know, this is the reason that you know we have to stand in line to get a shower for long periods of time while the <laughs> women are in and out before, <laughs> before we finish our beer standing in line.
0: So there's a tip for uh, ladies out there looking for a new team.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so looking at this specific charter group, um, I know I've been part of a bride team and there's all kinds of you know specific rules as to how much weight we could bring on the bus and what sort of uh, container we had to bring things and then there was always like fun rules too like if you're the last one in you've got a you know you kind of have you get some fun hazing going on so um, obviously this is a little bit more professional of a group but any rules to being part of the team?
1: Yeah, we're you know the larger group we are. You know, we we tell our, we tell our folks that we're a family friendly or a quiet campground. You know, mm-hmm. We don't we don't mind if you party as long as you go do it somewhere else. Uh, you know we're older. You know we like to get to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so our average age is 52 and 53. The last couple mm-hmm. Um So we allow our guests. I think Ragbri allows you one 50 pound bag to go with their charter, with their trailer, in their trailer. We allow two 40-pound bags, Mm. one for your gear and one for your tent and everything. And then we allow, you know, if you have a sleeping bag and a five-gallon bucket or a folding cot or bicycle cases, we don't count those as part of your baggage, one of your two bags, because you can put them up above the bag, the pile of bags every day. And just as long as your name is on it, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the sleeping bag in the five-gallon bucket has worked out perfect in years past. People love it, um, you know, so they can get more gear, they get more gear into their into their bags.
0: Sure. That's actually very smart, because then you also have the plastic, so you can probably shove more things in it, and it packs easier when it's on the vehicle.
1: Yes. If, you know, you can throw it right up above, and it fills in that dead space. Good space up at the top.
0: Hmm, I'm thinking ahead, but the but the trick to it, um, I did a video for ragbri a couple of years ago on how to pack for ragbri, mm-hmm. and I went with the specifications of you know the weight limit, and I had one bag, and I got to tell you when you actually fill it up up to the weight capacity you have to remember that once you get it off the baggage truck you've got to haul it to your camp spot so you know thinking about your crew if you've got two pound bags plus a maybe a cot plus a plastic tub i mean after four or five days that probably gets to be a pain
1: yeah and and then with right right you know if you're right at that 50 pound limit and they weigh them every day if they think you're overweight they weigh them every day, and then, you know, if you're, if you're at your limit, you, where's your souvenirs going to go unless you're going to mail them back home? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't fit them into your bag, one, and then you'll be over your weight limit, too.
0: Yeah. So um, a little bit more about your team. You gave us an idea of, you know, your average age, but um, tell us a little bit more about the team, like, uh, do you guys wear matching clothes? You know, you mentioned the socks that you wear on the last day, but do you, like, how do people know when they're out riding if there's another Quad City Bike Club person riding next to them?
1: Well, we furnish all our people with these uh, wristbands. So we know that they belong to our camp, we know that they belong into our camp if they have one of our wristbands on. Mm. And then when we're out on the riding on the road, we can, you know, we can notice them, you know, i don't know how many times the first time i met somebody in our group was out on the road and i rode up and was talking to them and noticed their wristband uh, so we're we're able to identify our folks like that and then plus you know we're always helping you know we have a good group of club members that are ambassadors for rag bri mm-hmm. and you know we have at least one or two a day that are out there helping people along the road you know, just like Bareback, he's out there every day helping everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, So we're blessed, you know, we're really blessed to have him in our club. Mm-hmm.
0: And for those who don't know Bareback, uh, his name is Dean, and he rides a bike with no saddle on it. So he stands the entire time, and his saddle bags, which are on the side of his bike, are full of uh, bike parts and bike tubes, and he will stop anytime he sees somebody on the side of the road and help him out.
1: Yeah, he carries uh, tubes and parts and tires. He'll have tires wrapped around his his handlebars. Uh, Dean Mathias, he he rides every day of the year. I don't I don't even remember the last time he missed a day. Uh, so he's going. He's got a streak of several years going now. Wow. Um. But yeah, to see him out on ragby, people holler at him, "Hey, there's that there's that no saddle guy," and. Uh, he is uh, he's a fixture of our club we're proud to have him-
0: mm-hmm. um and you know i never asked you but this charter has been going on for a very long time as long as ragbri's been around but do you get to ride ragbri or are you on the charter volunteer crew
1: well my um, reward as you as i guess we should say is for doing nine or ten months of volunteer work during my spare time for this endeavor is that I get to ride ragbri. Oh okay. Um, during a normal year I'll uh, yeah I get a, a ragbri kit and then I'll get to ride RAGBRAI. Um, in the past I've had I've been injured where I couldn't ride one year and then another year I had uh, one of our drivers back out the last second you know leaving me no choice but to have to drive. Mm and work all week long, and there's nothing more painful than watching the the people come in and smile, big smiles on their faces, and they're talking about what a blast they had that day (laughs) riding. You know, it's good to see that, but it just, it just kind of rubbing salt into the wound.
0: (laughs) I I do remember a couple years ago that I was, actually we were lost, and we were Going up some sort of big hill, and from a field, I hear my somebody yelling my name, and it was you and you were at the quad city charter campground and I don't yep. remember if you had just gotten in for the day or if you were stuck uh rewarded by helping that day, but what a what a treat that was,
1: yeah, that was in Atlantic, I remember that yeah, yep, yeah, and uh yeah, I was glad that, uh. That I noticed you riding by. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you was coming into town. Were right, you yep.
0: leaving? I there? was coming into town. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, so we, we already mentioned a little bit, but I wanted to find out like what Ragbrai is like for the crew um, or the team, I should say, the charter people who ride. Um, do people ride as a like? Do you all leave in the morning as a team, or is it kind of a come and go as you as you want?
1: Yeah, as large, large as our group is, you know, they break off into different teams. I guess you would call it, and you know, they will leave at separate times. I mean, they will leave whenever they get up and feel going. You know, at eight o'clock, we tell them, you know, last call. Your bags have to be on the truck, and you have to be on the road. Mm. Uh, but uh, there's people to leave at, at you know before the light out, and we make sure they have lights on their bikes if they're going to leave that early. And then you know we have a majority of them that will leave about seven, seven or seven thirty.
0: Mhm. So it's just like um, the rest of Ragbrai, where it's not you know there's not like a a shotgun start. It's basically as you get ready, you kind of get into your groove and you figure out what works for you as far as getting on the road.
1: Yeah, they they want to they want to have that camp coffee before they get started in the morning. Mm
0: -hmm. I know. I wasn't going to say this, but a lot of times we decide what time we're going to leave in the morning based on the vendors, you know, up the road. Like, is there going to be a long line at such and such? You know, I want a pancake today, so let's leave earlier or let's leave later so we don't have to wait in line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, besides RAGBRAI, are there other events that the club participates in?
1: Yeah, um, we have uh, Raw, which is the tour of the Mississippi River Valley. Mm -hmm. And I spoke briefly on that earlier. Um, But that is, you know, that that draws up to 1,200 people annually for a two-day ride. We start in Bettendorf and go up through, go up in Iowa and then jump over into Illinois. We'll loop through Wisconsin and then come back into Dubuque, Iowa. On day one, mm-hmm. then day two, it's usually coming back from Dubuque to Bentendorf and uh, stay it in Iowa. So mm-hmm. it's like a three-day or three-state tour going up and in, in, in Iowa coming back. And people just love it. It gives them a chance, these flatlanders, gives them a chance to get out and, and ride some hills.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not a flat ride, that's for sure
1: and then uh these other rides that i've done in the past um is the grand illinois bike tour mm. that's that's put on in illinois by ride illinois and uh, i've done seven of them in the past and had to quit doing them because they interfered with the Rag ride, ride pre-ride wow. but that's that's a nice six-day loop uh loop ride through illinois different areas all the time um which is which is great, uh, great a great ride.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you ride very much in your hometown in DeWitt?
1: In a normal year, yes. Uh, this year, not so much, is probably my lowest mileage in years mm-hmm. that I can remember. I live in DeWitt, and DeWitt is in western Clinton County. Mm-hmm. So my, my favorite ride out of the driveway is riding west. And we have several loops there. We can go down McCoslin, or, or go over to, uh, clear over in western Iowa, or, or, different back roads out here because they're low traffic roads, and people always wave back. You know, I let them know that they're that when they're coming and and going, meeting with them, mm-hmm. and farmers always wave back. People are more friendly out here. They're used to the bicycles being out on the road, so this is. The roads out here are great.
0: Mm-hmm. It, great I, would, I would guess that you've got a lot of low traffic, uh, gravel farm type roads that would be perfect for cycling.
1: Yes, you're you're absolutely right.
0: Awesome, and you mentioned Grand Illinois Bike Tour. Uh, any other adventures that you have been on or want to be on?
1: Um, the Katy Trail in Missouri, you know, it stretches from St. Louis over to Kansas City now. I, I hit that when I go to when I go to Arkansas. I'll hit it. I'll spend a day on it going south, and then when I come back, I'll spend another day on it in a different section. Um, it, it's one of those rides where I definitely want to do the whole spend the whole week mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. you know whether you know self-contained or you know with an organized tour. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. seniors senior cycling does a great week-long tour on the Katy Trail. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I definitely want to do the whole the whole trail one time.
0: And if I remember, um, um, it might have been our mutual friend Coop that talked about this, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can do um, some sort of Amtrak deal where you can ride most of the Katy Trail and then jump on Amtrak to come back, or vice versa. So it seems like I, I might have to look that up, but it just seemed like uh, something that I looked into at one point and was like, I, I need to do that.
1: Yeah, Coop coop was talking about that. that mm-hmm. Amtrak to uh, bike trail and then back home on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember him talking about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what other adventures are you uh, thinking about?
1: Well, the Ridgeland, Mississippi on the Natchez Trace, um, it's definitely on my bucket list. We we met the folks at the uh, bicycle tourism conference every year. We talk to them, and they're just they're so good about with their southern hospitality. So good about pumping up their their bike tourism down there. It's definitely that Nexus Trace is definitely on my list. I will have to ride that. <laughs> I feel like I already have by knowing these folks down there that are so good at promoting their (laughs) their region. It's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I have that on my list, too. And then also I have Elroy-Sparta Trail, which uh, we had scheduled to do in 2020, but um, due to both COVID and some um, bridge problems, we decided to not go. And actually, I think the weekend we were going to go, it ended up being like, 30 degrees so we didn't feel mm. like camping was probably the smartest thing to do on that weekend
1: okay that, that's up in wisconsin correct yep yeah yeah, i've done i've done pieces of that and and the, the military ridge trail up there in wisconsin is, is another great route
0: mm-hmm. gosh now i'd have to think about this there was a ride i was trying to invent and i believe we were starting in dubuque and then catching the Military State Trail and then going to uh, maybe Madison?
1: Yes, yep. Yeah.
0: That's on my bucket list to do something. That's
1: an off-road trail, which is, which is just wonderful.
0: How about any passions that you want to plug, whether they're cyclist-related or just personal?
1: Um, passion, it would be probably... The blood centers, I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're always in need of donations, mm-hmm. you know, especially during these, quote, difficult times. Um, but during the holidays is when they need donations the most, because most people don't even think about going and giving blood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's one of the best gifts that you can give. Donating blood is one of the best gifts you can give. So, you know, so go out and donate a pint. There's 5 million Americans that receive blood transfusions every year. So there's nothing more important than than giving the gift of life mm-hmm. um, you know and, and i remember reading in a bicycle publication this summer about you know how bicyclists you know are mostly you know pretty healthy individuals so that means they got good blood you know the 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 donation centers are always always love to uh, receive blood from healthy individuals mm-hmm. Uh, we put on, the QCBC put on a blood drive last November. And there was people that come in there, club members that come in there that haven't donated in for years. And it, it turned out, you know, turned out it was a worthy cause. And then when I donate now, I always donate under the name of the Quad City Bicycle Club.
0: Nice. Nice. I was just going to say, I'm assuming that you are a blood donor since it's something important to you.
1: Oh, yes. I um I think my last blood donation, I hit the uh, 20-gallon mark of a whole blood donor. So that's like 150 pints over the past 45, 50 years.
0: Wow. Thank you for that.
1: Not that that I'm uh, giving my age away.
0: (laughs) I can edit that out if you need me to. (laughs) No, no, that's fine. All right. Well, Dixon, thank you so much for being on the podcast and talking about the Quad City Bicycle Club. And um, I guess, you know, if people want to find out more information about the club, do you have a website or a Facebook page?
1: Yes, we have a website, uh, org, And then I am in the process of getting getting motivated to start a QCBC rag by charter Facebook page mm, and okay. told Andrea has been on me about getting in the modern world, <laughs> uh, about, uh, you know, getting Facebook up and going is, is something that I've never done um, I never thought I had time to, but so many of our guests you know want to be able to keep up with us uh, sure. on that on that avenue. sure, so so that is in the future.
0: Okay, well, people can go to your website in the meantime and then they can just keep doing a search in Facebook until you get that energy up to uh, get that page going
1: yeah on on the, on our website, uh, there's the charter service pages, so it's really easy to navigate through. All their instructions and and registration fees and restrictions, uh, our host hotel information. Everything is on there. Everything you want to know about the Rag the QCBC Ragbri charters on that website.
0: Awesome. And uh, we talked about this before we started recording. But as soon as people register for Ragbri at Ragbri.com, is that when they can come over to your section and join your charter?
1: absolutely yeah after they after they applied for their tag then they come over and join our charter whether they're a member or as an individual they can join our charter then at that time excellent and then and that's you know that's something that that is just they've got this new website and it is just unbelievable how the registration is going this year i i get an email I know exactly when somebody joins our group. It's been dinging in pretty regularly since they started and I just I'm a big fan already, you know, on day 3.
0: Wow. So it's day 3 and you've already have people registering for the charter service. That's that's mind-blowing.
1: All across the country, they're they're you know they're as excited as I am.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's really nice to be able to talk to somebody who is part of such an important part of history, as far as you know, Quad City Bicycle Club being around the whole time. Ragbri has been around.
1: Yes, Yes, I it, it's an honor. I look at it as an honor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dixon.
1: Hey, Merv. Thanks for th- thanks for asking me to be on. It's it's. Great to talk to you.
0: You bet. That's it for this week. Thanks, Dixon, for taking the time to be on the podcast and tell us about the ins and outs of bike charters. It's hard to imagine just how much work goes into getting hundreds of cyclists' gear moved daily for seven days straight. Well, you can check out the Quad City Bicycle Club by going to www.qcbc.org. And of course, if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Please visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out the Morphology YouTube page to find videos of some of the places I go with my bike. I'll leave you with this quote from the Unwritten Book of Morphology. This quote comes from Grant Peterson. Think of bicycles as rideable art that can just about save the world. Think about it. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.